course, you've got the choice whether you use your time on small incremental steps or whether you stop and ask yourself the question, what one move or one thing would make the maximum leverage, create the maximum impact and create the maximum value or ROI? As you keep asking that question, you know, if you've got one thing that caused your heart to skip a beat, then that's likely to be the ballsy play. That's the one to go for. That's the one where you're going to get that leverage of your time and really, you know, to create a step change in your business. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. This is Gavin Preston, your host. I'm very excited to say that we're a month into the podcast now and I want to give you a big vote of thanks, a big thank you. We're downloaded now in over 34 countries around the world and I'm really, really pleased with the progress in just one month. Uh, The number of downloads each week are growing fantastically, so it's very exciting. I totally love, absolutely love my time interviewing people, creating the content, creating the podcast and I'm really, really enjoying the journey of the podcast. So thank you so much for all your support. If you do like the information that we're sharing, the interviews, the insights, the content, please do rate and review on your favourite podcast uh, platform, whether that be iTunes or Spotify or many of the other podcast platforms. And please do share with those others that are looking to grow and scale their business, improve their performance in the world of business, um, because my goal, my aim is to help more business owners to be able to grow and scale their business, but also to get their business back on their own terms whilst making a bigger impact. In the recent episodes of the Business Mastermind podcast, I've been sharing with you in two parts. This is the third of uh, three parts, but the first two parts of my business growth model called the Strategy Compass. After 25 years of working in large organisations and small, from um, big corporates to small, medium-sized, high-growth businesses, I've worked out the six things that we need to get right if we're going to grow and scale our business. I call those a strategy compass, and the number one, the, the centre of that kind of compass is importance of purpose. Step one is purpose, getting a clear why for your business, to be a rallying cry for your business, your team and uh, your customers and your marketplace. So in the part one of the Strategy Compass podcast, we talked about steps one and two being purpose and being mindset. In the second episode of this little mini-series, we talked about stages three and four, which was the importance of outcome, getting clear about goal, and then strategy. And we talked through one of those particular strategy models that I use as a lens to look through a business called the Value Disciplines Module. So look back to uh, on iTunes or Spotify for previous episodes of the Business Mastermind and you'll be able to find part one where we look at purpose and mindset and part two where we look at outcome and strategy, the how. Now, once we know where we're going, got the right mindset, we're clear on our bigger why and our purpose and we've got the clear strategy about how to get there, we need to build the capability to scale the business. So that's step five. So this episode, we're going to talk about steps five and six. Step five being capability and six being action and accountability. So step five is capability, I've said. So you need to build the capability to scale your business. 
You get leverage in business through people and systems, and these are at the core of building capability. There are five things that I focus on when working with clients to help them scale. In fact, I've developed a five-step system called Scale, which will help you build the capability and capacity of your business so that your business can deliver on the increased sales. Now, get this right, and you can build a profitable and sustainable business that exceeds your customer expectations, and if you wish, build a lasting legacy. Get this wrong, and you go bust. So get this partially right, your business hits the ceiling where it which it repeatedly bumps up against like a bottleneck, uh, like, I'm sorry, like a blue bottle against the inside of a window on a summer's day. So, well, to change the metaphor, your business never manages to quite escape that, uh, to achieve the escape velocity, velocity to, che- uh, to break free of the Earth's gravitational pull. So your business gets by, but there's a constant struggle with cash flow or hitting delivery deadlines to customers due to bottlenecks. So as your business grows, there will always be challenges for you to deal with. But with the right people, the right systems, you're going to be in a better place to deal with them. So the scale system. Well, growth is hungry on resources, depending, demanding upon your employees and, and it can push your, the demand on your employees and it will push the systems and machinery in your business to a breaking point. With increased demand put on the resources in your business, you need to pay attention to systems, working capital, the level of innovation, uh, to ensure that you're not overtaken by the competition, culture and leadership, and um, also personal productivity for yourself and that of your team. So conveniently, these spell a rather apt mnemonic, scale. So S is for systems, C is for cash, A is for advanced, stroke innovate, um, L is for leadership and culture, and E is for effectiveness, your personal effectiveness. So scale, cash, advance, which is all about innovation, Leadership and culture effectiveness. So let's go into S for systems. As you know, to scale your business, you need to tap into the multiplication effect of the skills and time of the people in your business and from the efficiencies from systems, machinery and technology applied to the delivery of your product or service. This multiplication effect is referred to as leverage. Entrepreneurs by nature tend to be the creative, aren't they? Visionary. The strengths are often in spotting market opportunity and coming up with creative new offerings to address that opportunity, pitching and engaging employees, prospective customers, suppliers, funders. So as a broad generalisation, entrepreneurs are less good at documenting processes in their business and striving for efficiencies in how the product or the service is developed and delivered to the customer. So time spent in systemizing the way things get done in a business um, often can feel like drain the lifeblood out of an entrepreneurial creative type of person, but it allows for those processes to be optimised and also allows other people to be trained in the operation of them so that the same quality of product and customer experience can be delivered every time, everywhere. So the often used, often used example here is whether you go into a McDonald's in Denver, Dundee, Darwin or Dusseldorf, you'll get the same customer experience and the same quality of product. So... If systems and processes aren't your thing, don't float your boat, then find somebody in your team that loves nothing more than getting down and documenting processes and thinking about how they can be improved. Yep, such a person does exist and they're incredibly valuable to your business. Failing failing that, bring in a specialist who can help you document and improve your processes and crucially find efficiencies so that you're getting your products or your service to your customer in the most effective, cost-effective way, timely way, and ensuring the required quality. 
always, always be improving your systems for greater efficiencies, consistency and quality. C of scale, cash. In the words of a rather successful entrepreneur, Sir Richard Branson, never take your eye off the cash flow because it's the lifeblood of business. Now, growth is cash hungry. Growth is particularly hungry for cash. The amount of cash or specifically the amount of working capital you have available to you will have a huge impact at the pace at which you should grow or you can grow and how stressful that journey will be. Cash, more specifically cash flow, is the lifeblood of your business. Michael Dell of Dell Computing had this great quote, we were always focused on our profit and loss statement, but cash flow was not a regularly discussed topic. It was as if we were driving along only watching the speedometer when in fact we were running out of gas. So true. What a great, great quote. So in episode three of this podcast uh, entitled Preparing Your Business for a Storm, I emphasize the need to be all over your cash flow forecast. And this is particularly critical when you're scaling your business. Run scenarios with your cash flow forecast of what the cash flow will look like with all your secured orders uh, in your order book. And then run another scenario of what it would look like if you were to secure the orders that are currently in your sales pipeline that you believe you have more than a 75% chance of winning. Will you always have enough cash in the bank at each stages of that journey? And within your, or will you always be operating within your overdraft limit, for example? Will you be able to pay supplier invoices, make payroll and VAT struck sales tax when it becomes due? I know this sounds common sense, but in my experience, it's certainly not common practice. Too many businesses are managed by one metric. That's the amount of cash that's in the bank at any one time. I've also seen other businesses with sophisticated balance scorecards and monthly board packs with beautiful visuals that... That even they struggle to predict cash flow. So Doug Tatum in his book, No Man's Land, he talks about high growth businesses that he calls gazelles. And he says, as a result of the speed of change, the leadership, the leadership teams of gazelles often loses its ability to predict their business's cash needs far enough in advance to, pro- to provide for the company's finances. You know, problems in business rarely appear out of nowhere. There are always early warning signs. It depends on whether you have the data capture tools, the processes to spot them, the awareness, the forecasting and the presence to stop and notice them and then the wisdom to act on them. So spend time with key members of your team and brainstorm the risks that face your business. Work out how you can mitigate those risks. Ask external advisors what risks they perceive your business is exposed to and add those to your list. Tap into the creativity and the experience of your team and advisors to plan your response to the list of risks should that risk materialise. So take, you know, go back to episode three of this podcast, Preparing Your Business for a Storm, and take a look at the examples I give about how you can get more cash into your business to help improve your cash flow. Forward plan, forecast ahead. You need to be looking three, six, even 12 months ahead. But let's say, for example, you've got a three to six month time frame in your cash flow forecast. If you can see a hole in that, then you've got time to look for other funding sources, whether that's the bank or uh, loans or uh, investors or supplier finance, whatever it might be, you've got the time. You know, if you if you realise on a Thursday evening that you're not going to have enough money in the bank to make payroll on Friday, that conversation with your bank isn't going to go, well, hey, I need another 50,000. Um, when do you need it by? Well, tomorrow to make payroll. The answer is highly likely to be no. And more more than that, it's going to really damage your credibility. 
So it staggers me how few customers take the time. I, I know it takes time and I know it's busy, but how few customers take the time to forecast cash ins and outs month by month my personal preferences weekly for the next three months and then monthly thereafter for at least month six and nine uh, uh, on a rolling basis. So have that foresight to be able to produce that cash flow and see where you've got potential problems. Use the time that you have then got to negotiate different payment plans with suppliers or with customers or look for other cash injections of funding sources. It also gives you time to be able to run um, a sales promotion, a sales campaign in order to be able to get more cash in to be able to meet those needs. Now, if you can see or you are experiencing a cash flow challenge, the first thing to do is to keep calm. It's natural and understandable to focus on the fact that you might not have enough cash at a particular point in time. But if that realisation puts you into a flat spin, unable to creatively come up with potential solutions and rationally evaluating each of those potential solutions as to whether they're any good or not for your business, then you're not going to be able to serve your business. As human beings, we're all emotional beings and that's what makes us who we are. Your passion, your drive, your intolerance, intolerance, your impatience They all set the metronome to your work rate and the standards of work that you'll accept in your business. Your lead in these areas, of course, that sets the culture of the business. With all the good comes bad, with black there is white, with day there is night. So all overdone strengths are in fact weaknesses. But my point here is you've got to be a master of your emotions. Emotional mastery is key to real and lasting success in business and life. So stay calm. There's always a solution, provided you've got enough time. There is always a, t- a solution. There is always time to take action that will help address that cash flow challenge. Time and time again, I've had calls from clients who've rung me, say, at seven o'clock on a Thursday evening. I've got a situation where I need to bring cash in quick by next Monday or next Wednesday. I'm in a panic. I don't know what to do. Okay. Here are several things you can do and just go through those things. You know, what debt can you carry in? Look, look, can you collect in? Look at the amount of outstanding debt you have in your business. Have you got an opportunity to a conversation with a bank manager? Can you put a promotion in place in order to be able to bring in more sales? What supplier payments can you spread out? And the list goes on. In actual fact, I find I often set clients a little exercise about fastest path to cash you know what's 50 things you can do to bring more cash into your business and most people rattle through the first sort of 15 or 20 relatively easy but by the time they sort of get north of 30 35 points they're struggling but set yourself that little challenge that little task think about what are 50 things i could do now or you know on a regular basis to bring more cash into my business So scale, S was system, C was cash, A is advance. We've always got to be advancing or innovating. You know, the natural world's always changing. Seasons march through the cycle, don't they? Spring, summer, autumn and winter. The tide comes in and it goes out twice a day. And with it, a massive change in the ecosystem of the beaches and the rocks and the coves it covers. But apart from a pause between the tide coming in and going out, nothing in nature stays the same. And it is... As as ever, you know, in nature, everything is either growing or dying. And so in the world of business, taste of customers, the response to the competition, interest rates, social trends, technological advances, 
macro and microeconomic influences, generational preferences, seasonal demand cycles, the level of market confidence, extreme weather events, the cost of living, and the tax environment. All of these are impacting your business and the relevance of your product or service. Innovation is the ability to see change as an opportunity, not a threat. Words of Steve Jobs. So remain So in order for you to remain relevant and in demand, you need to be continually solving a problem or problems of your target customers or help them achieve a goal or aspiration. Yep, easy to say, harder to do. Ask anybody who used to work for Kodak or the mobile phone division of Nokia and they will attest to that it's harder to do because we can get so wrapped up in our own world of meeting targets and fulfilling the needs of customers and the myriad of other stakeholders all our focus can so easily turn inwards at the expense of noticing what's changing in the market around you. Businesses that manage to stay relevant, they look outside of their own ecosystem for inspiration, for cues of the changing demands of the market, and to be able to see examples in other markets or industries that they could bring to their home market. Julian Dunkerton, founder of the fashion brand Superdrive, says it's essential to travel he travels a lot to get ideas and inspiration of fashion trends and garment design across the, across the world. And he takes particular inspiration from Japan and the US. Henry Ford got the inspiration of creating a production line, the first time it was ever done in automotive manufacture, in his you know production line in his car factory from visiting an abattoir. So spend time with your target customers also. Ask them. Ask what they like about your products or service, what could be improved. Ask then why they choose your offering over that of of the competition. Look at what your competitors are doing. Look at what your competitors are not doing. Where is there a gap? Where is there a need that is not being met? Is there something that sells in one market that you could bring to your own market? In a great book uh, called Disrupt Yourself by Jay Summit, he encourages you to kill your big idea. If you could find a problem that could derail an idea, your idea, your product, so will your marketplace. Apple has disrupted itself on numerous occasions, you know, by killing off the iPod and replacing it with the iPhone, by killing the iPad mini and replacing it with the iPhone Plus, and killing the headphone jack and replacing it with the AirPods, you know, the Bluetooth wireless headphones. Apple is no doubt envisaging a day where the iPhone is replaced by a combination of the Apple Watch, AirPods and augmented reality glasses. So as Management guru Peter Drucker says, if you want something new, you have to do something, stop doing something old. Yep. Jay Summit, you know, the guy who wrote the book Disrupt Yourself, believes that the speed to fail should be every entrepreneur's motto. When you finally find the one idea that can't be killed, go with it. He believes that problems are just businesses waiting for the right entrepreneur to lo- unlock the value, insight and drive all the skills you need. Everything else can be hired. So get the most creative minds in your business together once a quarter in an inspirational environment off-site, ideally in nature. Bring in a professional facilitator to design and run the process of looking afresh at your products, your services, the good, the bad, the ugly. Use some of the strategic models such as that I talk about and I work with my clients on, such as the values discipline I shared in the last podcast, part two of the strategy compass. But also look at Jim Collins' hedgehog model and the Ansoff growth matrix. Jim Collins' hedgehog model and the Ansoff growth matrix. The facilitator for such an event, if experienced in strategy work, will be able to design a process using the most appropriate models for your business. 
look at market trends, challenge the assumptions you are holding to be true that are no longer true, that are holding you stuck in the same place. If you go back a couple of episodes in the podcast to episode 12 with part two of my interview with Roland Frazier, we talked about first principles reasoning and the application of that that Elon Musk and his team made to battery manufacture in Tesla. That's the same point, you know, looking at all the assumptions that you're holding to be true in your business and double checking, test, challenge as to whether they are still valid to be valid assumptions because they may no longer be valid. And by holding them to be valid, you're holding yourself stuck in your business. So systems, cash, advancements and advance. L is for leadership and culture. You know, Stephen Covey, in his excellent classic, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, says, treat as man as he is and he will remain as he is. Treat a man as he can and should be and he will become as he can and should be. So just in the same way that your character and type of person that you are can be described by the people, by what people say about you when you've just left the room, the culture of your business is what customers, suppliers and other stakeholders say about your business and the people in it when you're not in there, when you're not in the room. You know, it's a, your culture is a combination of the values, beliefs, standards and behaviours. A customer's experience of the behaviour, attitude and quality of service and products are indicative of the culture of an organisation. Do, do your employees care? Do they care about delighting your customer, ensuring that the quality of the service, the product is just right, always looking for opportunities to give the bit extra to the customer's experience? Or do they just tick a box? Is everyone in your business constantly looking for ways to improve and innovate your offering to the market? Do they look out for each other? Do they work together as a supportive and a performance-focused team? You know, in, in our businesses, we need a culture that constantly looks to improve all aspects of our business. A focus on small incremental improvements all across the business will result in you being streets ahead of the competition in years, if not months. There's always another level. This fascinating study, quite shocking study really in terms of its output, was done by Gallup in 2013. A study of approximately 180 million employees across 142 countries. And that study showed that only 13% of all employees are actively engaged in the companies they work for. They survey defined engagement as psychologically committed to their jobs and likely to be making a positive contribution to the organisation. So only 13% of employees are actively engaged. The survey also found that 20, 24% of employees were actively disengaged, i.e. unhappy, unproductive, unproductive and likely to be spreading negativity. 63% were not engaged, you know, now the ambivalent. That is a staggering 87% of employees who are either not engaged or actively disengaged. That's shocking. You know, this is both a challenge and an opportunity to re-engage the people who are supposedly your greatest asset. So remember, to achieve leverage, we need both people and systems. Good leadership, a culture that people want to be a part of on a compelling purpose Point one of the strategy compass are critical to engage your team in helping you to achieve your company objectives. Without this, you're pushing water uphill. You know, culture set from the top of a business, whether internally, whether sorry, whether intentionally done or not. You know, the CEO, MD, managing director of a business, 
And his or her board of directors, the senior team, they set the culture of a business through their actions and their behaviours. They role model and they encourage. You know, CEO, CEO, MDs, the senior leadership team, they've got to that place usually because they have presence. They have a presence in the rooms that they enter. If not other than by virtue of their position, they set an example of how things should be done around here. Whether that's good or bad, how their behaviour sets an example. These often small daily actions demonstrate to everybody around them, hey, this is how things should be done around here. So do they put their focus on the next three to five or even ten years, on the achievement of business objectives, on the delivery of the business strategy, of communicating clearly what is expected of everybody, and encouraging and developing employees and building relationships with customers, suppliers and employees, or do they run around like headless chickens, putting out the fire or the fires of the day with a thought horizon no longer than the end of that day? Do they believe that they're always right or are they collaborative to the point of decision paralysis? You know, where's the right balance? Do they inspire, engage and empower? So spending time as, a, as an owner, a manager of a business or as a, as, as a CEO, as a managing director of a business on getting leadership, your leadership skills improved and improving the quality of the culture will have a massive um, impact on the performance of your business, the performance of your employees and how they then look after customers. Patrick Lencioni in a book called The Four Obsessions of an Extraordinary Executive lays out four areas that an executive often overlooks but should focus on. Number one, building and maintaining a cohesive leadership team. Number two, creating organisational clarity with a sense of unity around everything it does resulting in focus and efficiency. Three, over-communicating organisational clarity to ensure employees are not being kept in the dark about what's going on. Number four, being reinforcing organisational clarity through human systems, i.e. processes and systems that drive behaviour, but without creating unnecessary bureaucracy. You know, nine times out of ten in businesses large and small I've worked in, I've seen a lack of role clarity for individuals And it's particularly prevalent with high growth businesses where people's roles have to adapt to make changing needs to the business at that time. There's also a lack of clarity about the organisation's objectives and the strategies to get there. This translates to an individual who works in that organisation not often being given clear objectives and not understanding how their work contributes towards the overall business objectives and purpose. Few know you know, what they are, if you know what those objectives are, and yet it's becoming increasingly important for them to know. Business, as a business owner, as a leader, you need to create a compelling vision and then paint it in the minds, vividly in the minds of their team members. You need to create a clear, vivid and meaningful you know, picture and movie in their minds so they feel it, so they're moved by it, so they're compelled to not only join you on the journey, but to give their all in the pursuit of that vision. Points... Um, you know, I make on purpose are particularly pertinent here, you know, in, in part one of the model and in the part one of this three part series about the strategy compass. They're really pertinent here. Shine the light on the purpose and the vision of your business and then back them, you know, and, uh, back on the individuals as the valiant heroes who can play their part and together you can make a dent in the universe. Society, you know, now expects authenticity and transparency. Employees expect it too, as do customers, suppliers, funders and other stakeholders. So, so many times I've heard the phrase from customers, suppliers, whether those, uh, you know, my own business or the client business I work with saying, thank you for being so transparent and being candid with us. And every time I hear it, it's clear to me that simple, transparent and 
collaborative communications is rare. And yet such communication, such communication is the pathway to trust and trust is at the heart of all human relationships. Without trust, there is no relationship. So let's focus time, energy on culture and on leadership and also getting the right people around us. People's lives are a direct reflection of the expectations of their peer group in the words of Tony Robbins. Or in Daniel Priestley's book, 24 Assets, he says, select a peer group to normalise high standards. So be sure to hire the right people. They will have a massive impact in the growth of your business, but also the culture of your business and the performance. Who do we need around us? Well, every successful entrepreneur is fantastic at surrounding themselves with people who are better than them around specific skills required to grow the business. You know, beware of the risk to uh, hire somebody who is a carbon copy or looks like you, you know, a hire in the, in the reflection of yourself. Instead, find the people with the skills and the experience that complement the areas where you're less strong. You know, it's not money that makes money, it's the people that make the money. So build a team of people that have skills where you don't, so you can spend more of your time doing the things that you are naturally brilliant at. And so don't, in, in, and by doing that, you're going to add most value to your business and collectively the team will move your business forward significantly. Yeah, so who do we, remember, just think about who do we need around us? It's always who before how. So systems, cash, advance, leadership and culture. E is effectiveness, personal effectiveness. If there's one thing that you should continue to prove on, you know, in terms of your own personal growth and journey, and it's, it's how you can get more out of your time, how you can improve your own productivity, your effectiveness, your time management, whatever title you want to put to it. You know, if you like quick time hacks, then I've written a book, a Kindle uh, book called Time Tactics That Work, 107 Ways to Get More Done. So check that out on Amazon. Time Tactics That Work, 107 Ways to Get More Done. But I want to share with you two sort of key habits or key strategies that really come up time and time again amongst uh, successful, productive business people. The first one, block time. You know, block time out in your diary to work on the things um, that are really important to your business. You know, firstly, block time out to think, stand back, work on your business rather than in it, to think about where am I now, where do I want to get to, and how and what resources, collaborations, technology can help you get there quicker. One of the most memorable stories I heard around this was interviewing a high-growth, ultra-high-growth entrepreneur that took his business from startup in the back bedroom um, to... Uh, £40 million turnover in five years. And I asked him what were the things that he did in order to be able to create that growth. And he said, he always thinks 10x, how can he get 10 times the result he would have expected? The second thing he would do was plan backwards. So he'd go to the point of having achieved that objective in his mind, jump there at that point in the future and standing in that future point, look back and said, what was it we did to get here? Really, really powerful strategy. So thinking 10x, planning backwards, you know, what was it we did to get here? But the other thing he said was, I, I always take time out every month for half a day, I block it out in my diary religiously, and I go off in the VW camper. He said, we've got a VW camper that we have as a staff perk for the young 20-somethings that work in the business, and they just use that, I love to use that at the weekends during the festival season. So his business was based, or is based near the Peak District in the UK, and He'd drive his VW camper up to one of the car parks that the hikers, the walkers use. He'd pull back the door on the side of the camper. He'd make himself a cup of tea. So very British. And sit looking at the amazing, the view. You know, he'd get out an A3 sketch pad, 
And he would sort of plot through three points. You know, where do I want to get to? Where am I now? And how can technology get me there quicker? And he said it was brilliant. I was halfway up a mountain. I got no signal on the mobile. I got no interruptions whatsoever. I got a fantastic inspirational sort of view. And I could just map out everything that needed to be done, write out lists. And I go back to the business and then I brief the team what needs to be done to make it happen. You know, I know of relatively few businesses who even take time out for half a day a year to do that kind of thinking. He does that 12, sometimes 12 times a year. Sometimes he said he does it once a fortnight. So 12 to 18 times a year, he, he takes that time out. In order to achieve that, he blocks time out in his schedule, which he finds incredibly useful. And well, it wouldn't happen otherwise. He admits if he didn't block that out religiously in his diary, that time wouldn't happen. Bill Gates, founder and chairman of Microsoft, takes one week out twice a year to go and think in a remote forest. You know, he sits there in a, for- a forest cabin and during this, during his two think weeks, he disconnects from his family, friends, technology, and he reads, reviews, thought papers, thinks and plans. So block time out to focus on key things that are going to move the dial, increase the, you know, really shift performance and progress in your business. Now, that might be preparing for a crucial customer or JV partner pitch, preparing for a team member's one-to-one, or working on a new product launch strategy. Shut yourself away. You know, block these. Set, you, know, so you might block time out to think bigger picture strategically once a month, but also have regular slots in your diary during the week to work on key, you know, achieving key objectives. Like I've just said, you know, new product launch strategy, preparing for team member one-to-ones, having those one-to-ones, you know, preparing for an important pitch. Um, turn off your phone, email, social media alerts, shut yourself away, make sure you're not going to be interrupted and then focus for 45 minutes, then have a five minute break and go again for 45 minutes. So take that, you know, that's 90 minutes of focused work with a five minute break in between. And the other quick helpful tip is when you schedule this in your diary, write your diary kind of appointment as in having completed the objective that you want to do. So it's not work on client proposal, it's winning client proposal achieved or winning client pitch, you know, completed. That really focuses your brain. You also, when you, you know, you start that kind of work and mentally prepare yourself for doing those two forty-five minutes or three forty-five minute slots with five minutes gap in between. Just think how much work you get done the day before you go on a, vol- a vocation, the day before you go on holiday. We get loads done, don't we? The day before our vacation, the day before our holiday, we get loads done. So what I want you to do is to is to have that kind of mindset. If I've got an hour and a half to get this job done or to get this objective accomplished, focus on making sure that within that hour and a half, you've got no other object uh, distractions and you achieve that objective. The second key point I want to make make here is about probably the best book on personal productivity I've read. And that's the book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. One, The One Thing by Gary Keller. You know, he says fundamentally as humans, we're no good at multitasking. As blokes, we're often told that we're no good at multitasking. But he did studies around people that said, hey, I'm a really good multitasker. And uh, uh, another group that were not good multitaskers. And the multitaskers chose both both groups were given the same task to do. The multitaskers dipped in between in and out of them, and the those that did not multitask, the other group just did one thing, got it completed, then focused on the next thing and got it completed. And in every single test completed, those that focused on one thing, completed it, and then moved to the next, got through more of those objectives and to a higher quality of output than those that 
multitasked. So, but one of the challenges of modern life and scaling a business, of course, is our ever-growing to-do list. You know, that can get overwhelming at times. And what's the human response to overwhelm? Well, it's, we do nothing. So Gary Keller has this really powerful question. He said, by asking yourself the question, what is this one, what is the one thing I can do right now such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? What's the one thing I can do right now such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Asking yourself that on a regular basis will help you keep focused on your goal. But I think it helps you get clear on on what's most important things you should be focusing and spending your time on. Now, Gary Keller talks about you should be uh, thinking about what's your one thing for the day, what's your one thing for the week, the month, the quarter and the year. But this is so effective in cutting through the noise of them, all the things that are going on around you. And you think, above everything else, I know this is the one thing I must get done today. You know, some people don't have to-do lists. They have must-do lists. This is the one thing I must get done today that really is going to make the biggest impact in my business. This is the one thing I must and I will get done this week, this quarter, so this month, this quarter, and this year. This chunking up to a higher level view of your business makes sure that you're spending enough time focusing on the things that are really going to make a difference in your business. So what's the one thing I can do right now such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? You know, in the words of Michael Altshuler, the bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. So take time on to improve and work on your focus and productivity so that you get more out of the time. So remember, if you want to get some other ideas around time tactics that work, then see my Kindle book, Time Tactics That Work, 107 Ways to Get More Done by Gavin Preston. So step six of the strategy compass. So I've just taken you through the scale model, the systems, cash, advance, leadership and culture, and effectiveness, the six steps of scale that make up point five of the strategy compass, which is capability. Point six of the strategy compass, the final part of the strategy compass, is action and accountability. In the words of Gino Wickman, vision without traction is merely hallucination. You know, for me, action is where the rubber hits the road. If you're focused on those one or two things each day that are going to move the dial forward and you take action on that, you will make solid progress. And that's going to have a compounding effect. To overcome overwhelm that that you can get with the endless to-do list, focus instead on taking one step, then the next step, and then the next step. You know, the rallying cry of James Elroy Flecker's We Are the Pilgrims poem, which is an inspiration to many members of the British SAS, is always a little further. Focus each day on taking the actions so that you're always moving a little further forward. But be smart with those actions. We all know how easy it is to keep busy and kid ourselves that we're being productive. Jim Rohn says you don't get paid for the hour, you get paid for the value you bring to the hour. So in choosing what you're going to spend your time on, ask yourself the question, is this activity going to bring me closer to my goals? Because every time you say no to somebody else's requests and priorities, you're saying no to their goals and you're saying yes to your own goals. Of course, you've got the choice whether you use your time on small incremental steps operating within your comfort zone or whether you stop and ask yourself the question, what one move 
or one thing would make the maximum leverage, create the maximum impact and create the maximum value or ROI? Keep asking yourself that question until you get the answer that causes your heart to skip a beat. So what one thing or one move would have the maximum leverage, create the maximum impact and create the maximum value or return on investment? As you keep asking that question, you know, if you've got one thing that caused your heart to skip a beat, then that's likely to be the ballsy play. That's the one to go for. That's the one where you're going to get that leverage of your time and really, you know, to create a step change in your business. But take consistent actions towards your goals. Um, but as you do that, you're going to burn the same energy, whether you take the small, incremental, safe moves, it's going to take you a lot longer to get to your goals, or whether you take the ballsy move. So take the ballsy moves, but also do as what Richard Branson always does is, you know, first question he will ask with a business opportunity is, how do I protect the downside? What are the risks and what can I do to reduce those risks? How do I protect the downsides? Take the ballsy move and, and when you surprise yourself how a number of them come good, really good, you'll be full of that amazing sense of pride and achievement. So if you need help in motivating yourself to take those kind of moves to play the bigger game, you know, run a movie in your own mind of how things will turn out if you just did the same what you may have already been doing was taking the small, incremental, arguably easy steps and then compare that to the playing the movie in your mind of the bigger scary uh, path, the bigger scary sort of moves paying off. They might not be scary. They just might be, you just need to take a deep breath, have a bit of courage and go for it. But the difference in terms of results for you in your business and your life and lifestyle could be huge, life-changing, in fact. Accountability is the other key point. You know, action is a must, but we need someone to be held accountable too. You know, we will do more for other people than we'll do for ourselves. Stephen R. Covey says accountability breeds responsibility. Or in the words of John Dillem, accountability separates the wishes in life from the action takers that care enough about their future to account for their daily actions. You know, it's important as running our own business or as the leader of a business, CEO, seeking feedback on our performance is critical. You know, we need to seek feedback from those that respect and find people who are going to hold us to a higher standard. It's critical to peak performance. You know, we know that we'll do more for other people than we'll do for ourselves, whether that's your children, your partner, your spouse, a close friend or a mentor. But so if you can have someone that you really respect to hold you accountable, to hold your feet to the fire for you to report your progress to, and also have that anticipated pride of being able to report your successive wins, that's a powerful force in maintaining momentum and getting yourself off your backside to take action. So find a mentor, maybe that's a bit respected business owner who's achieved what you would like to achieve, a coach, business mentor, or someone who's going to hold you to account, will hold you accountable, that you agree on what you're going to achieve within a certain time frame and report into. You know, Alternatively, find somebody else who's on a similar journey to you and become accountability partners. Help each other out, hold each other accountability. You know, for me, I think accountability increases the chance that others can count on you to deliver. It also increases the chance that you can count on yourself to deliver. That alone brings confidence, courage, and commitment. So the six steps to the strategy compass. Number one, purpose. Having a really strong, compelling why in your business to really focus at yourself, but also to be the rallying cry for the people around you and to be compelling 
for the people in your marketplace that may well become or you hope to become your customers. Mindset is critical. You know, in the words of Henry Ford, step two, mindset. In the words of Henry Ford, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't are absolutely right. When I um, you know, took businesses through my W Business program where we doubled their business in a year, the biggest single thing that changed the trajectory of the growth of that business was the work that we did around mindset. Absolutely critical. Step three of the strategy compass is outcome. Get clear on where you're heading. I know it sounds so basic, but it's often not done and, you know, and, and not and not practiced in organizations. Step four is strategy. Work out the how you're going to get there and communicate that clearly. Step five is capability. We've covered that today with a scale model. It's the S for systems, cash is the C, A is advance, L is leadership and culture, and E is effectiveness, personal effectiveness. And that's, that's all around step five of the strategy model capability. And then finally, step six of the strategy model is action and accountability. Hey, if you like the sign of that model and you want to see what it looks like visually, either go to my website, gavinpreston.com, or watch some video um, footage of me talking about the model on my YouTube channel, which is Gavin Preston and then the number one, Gavin Preston one. So once again, thank you for listening and all the way through this podcast. I feel incredibly lucky and grateful that you're doing and incredibly humbled about the opportunity to share uh, 25 years plus of experience of, of how to scale and grow businesses. Please do rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please share it with others you believe will benefit from the conversations that we've been having, the ideas we share to help them grow and scale their business, get it back on their own terms and have a bigger impact. I'm Gavin at GavinPreston.com. And once again, my sincere thanks for supporting the Business Mastermind so far, the podcast so far, because in one month, we're already being downloaded in 34 different countries, which is fantastic. Until next time, remember, there's always another level. This episode of the Business Mastermind is brought to you by the Evolve Mastermind. The Evolve Mastermind is a business mastermind for business owners of businesses turning over between 500,000 and 5 million per annum. Their monthly events provide you with solutions, strategies, inspiration and insights to help you scale and grow your business. Each month there's a hand-picked speaker to provide you with relevant strategies plus time to mastermind with other business owners on issues that are facing you and your business. With groups in Chelmsford in Essex and Manchester in the Northwest and more locations planned, go to www.the-evolve-mastermind.co.uk. That's www.the-evolve-mastermind.co.uk. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact.